Welcome to the We Sweet Podcast. Repeat after me. I am going to be okay. That's right, love. You are. You are not crazy. You are working through this and you have a community here to help you do just that. Before we get started, my sister, Dr. Latasha Johnson, a licensed professional counselor, will provide a quick disclaimer. Sweet does not provide any medical or professional advice on podcast, radio, and social media. Anything said should not be taken as a replacement for medical, clinical, professional advice, diagnosis, or medical intervention. If you take any action or inaction as a result of any of the content you consume on WeSuite's social media and podcasts, this is based solely on your decision. And WeSuite cannot be held liable for any of the consequences of such action or inaction. Hey, sis. Thank you. How are you? I am doing better. <laughs> <laughs> That's yes. the word. It's, it's been a morning. It's been a morning. It um, has. Well, we're going to rock and roll because I know we got things to do, places to go, people to see. No, I'm kidding. Um, but, <laughs> but, but we are going to get it going. Okay, ladies, um, this time around, our um, mantra that we just said, I am going to be okay. We want to talk about navigating mental health disorders and even those that may be struggling with uh, suicidal thoughts or people in their community, friendships, relationships that could be struggling with some of these same things. So we're going to talk about that. How do we um, deal with that? How do we show up for people in that? And again, I do have my sis here who is a licensed professional counselor. So um, take heed to a lot of the things that she may say. I am definitely in this season with her wholeheartedly. But when we start talking about some of these um issues, there are things I would like for you to hear specifically from the expert herself, Dr. Latasha Johnson. All right. So I'm going to kick it off with this first one. Uh, our first question is why me? And why do people question your faith life or your spiritual life when you're dealing with a mental issue? Mm. Uh, sis, you want to, you want to start it us, start us off with um, your thoughts on that one? Yes, I can begin with that first question. Why me? And I think this is a great question because so many people ask this. Why me? Or they even ask, what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Right? Sometimes the media and those who we are around describe people who experience mental health concerns as frightening or weird or even demonic. So mm -hmm. they begin to view themselves negatively based on the perceptions of those around them regarding mental health concerns, right? right. Yeah. So that takes us into the second part of your question, which is why do people question my faith or spiritual life when dealing with mental issues? In my opinion, from what I've experienced, a lot of spiritual communities, unfortunately, have stigmatized mental health treatment. Mm -hmm. Some spiritual leaders view seeking um, professional assistance as a lack of faith in God. However, however, mm -hmm. some of these same spiritual leaders are okay with you seeking medical or physical health and wellness treatment. Right. But it's something about that mental health treatment, right? Mm -hmm. Those people who are questioning your faith, spiritual leader and, or not, may in fact need more education. 
Right, right. I definitely think the lack of understanding around mental health is so, you know, unknown to them. And they resort to faith being something they can't explain. I cannot explain what's happening to you, but I will rationalize it through faith and spirituality. And, you know, while we both are huge proponents and advocates for your faith walk and your spiritual life, that alone doesn't necessarily eradicate something that's happening with your body um, mentally, physically, you know, emotionally. These are things that should still be treated medically. So. I agree. I think people are afraid. Um, they're afraid of you taking any type of medicine. They're afraid of certain type of intervention. They see those things as taboo or negative or, oh, my gosh, like you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't take that. And and you can't, as, as a person that is not a clinician, you cannot tell somebody um, what they should not do or should not take when you don't know that that situation they're in. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll say this uh, totally kind of going, I don't know. I didn't know I was going to say this. So off track of <laughs> off track of what I was about to say, I'll come back to what I was about to say. But off track from that, um, I recently shared um, because of some things going on in society right now. I recently shared with um, some friends I was talking to that one day I stumbled across. I don't remember how or even why, but I stumbled across a show of this woman raising her teenage son. He was in school, high school, I guess. And I believe in the show, he was schizophrenic. Mm. And it showed you a picture of what it looks like to be basically a person living with schizophrenia. And so Mm. you you got to see in the movie him talking to these three different personalities. And these three different personalities were physical people um, that, you know, were dressed in, I, I would say uniquely to that personality. One was like a little bit more mysterious and, and dressed in darker clothing, um, who he may have been slightly afraid of. The other was like somebody dressed a little bit more peppy and bright colors that he, you know, kind of saw as a friend. And so, the, and there's another person too, and all these different personalities went everywhere with him and his medicine would help keep those voices away. But when he wasn't effectively taking those meds, his brain was sitting off these signals and he could see these people and he would be, you know, talking to them or yelling at them while he's in a classroom at school or engaging with his family at home. And these people can't see what he can see. They can't hear what he can hear. Mm. And what I realized, my heart was so heavy watching that because it taught me so much. And a lot of times you're afraid of a person that might be talking to themselves, but they sometimes are afraid. So you're afraid of them when they are afraid of what they're going through, that they don't know what's happening to them, especially when they don't know that is happening yet. So um, I, I wanted to bring that up because watching that gave mm-hmm. me insight a little bit. Now, I can't fully know, but it gave me a little bit of insight of what that's like for a person struggling with stuff like that. So I don't think we can give advice about something we can't fully understand. We're not walking in their shoes. Um, sure. The other thing that I wanted to say Going back to what I was thinking about, because I totally went left field there, but going back to what I wanted to say, I think, too, people tend to think they're defective and that they're no longer worthy. You know, you said people say like, oh, they're they're demonic or all these things. They give them labels that Mm -hmm. makes them afraid of, you know, getting help, speaking about their illness 
um, speaking about what's going on with them because they don't want to be judged. But I want people to hear that you're not defective. Mm-hmm. You are you are very much so worthy, just as anybody else. And you will be surprised at how many how many more people around you are experiencing things you're experiencing, but they're not willing to share their story. So you mm-hmm. sometimes walk alone in it because you don't feel that there's anyone that understands or that you can talk to. And that's mm-hmm. just not true. Mm-hmm. Good point, sis. Good point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to take us on to this next one. Why do I force myself to silently struggle? Mm. Ooh. I would say to this, uh, first and foremost, because of shame and embarrassment. After everything we discussed in the previous question, who would feel comfortable in admitting, hey, I may have some health concerns that I need to address, right? Mm-hmm. Therefore, they suffer in a struggle in silence. Or, or as you said, they feel they have to walk alone. Mm-hmm. Further impacts those mental health concerns you're experiencing. Research demonstrates that suffering in silence leads to trauma and more pain and misery. Which yeah. is why the thing to do is to surround yourself with like-minded people, particularly professionals. And here we are against this. I think this is episode five in the season, but here we are doing circle checkups or environment mm-hmm. checkups, right? Mm-hmm. We need right. to be cautious of who we're surrounding ourselves by. We're feeling as if we can't be vulnerable of what we're experiencing mentally. Though right. you need to understand your concerns will your concerns while assisting you in achieving the goals you have set for yourself get connected with professionals most important most important things to get connected with a professional Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm, that struggling silently it applies to so much with mental wellness i mean Mm -hmm. today today we're talking about you know mental disorders and and potentially even suicidal thoughts but you know it really applies to anything you know we have so many friends that we probably can think of that I have to depend on me I can't rely on other people so I'm I'm used to navigating things alone I don't like to ask for help I I know I have to just survive off me and 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 even if you feel those things to be true even if you've experienced things in your life that make you feel like that those things are true you are further feeding the narrative by continuing to operate that way at Mm -hmm. some point at some point helping yourself doesn't look like struggling by yourself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the, I always have to depend on me mentality is the problem itself. You know, you have to be willing to trust and it can be hard to trust when people have labeled you, mm-hmm. um, said things or done things to make you feel like that trust is not there. I can't depend on you to be there for me. You haven't created, and I think we talked about this a lot this season, you haven't created a safe space for that to happen. Um, but, you know, I think that silent struggle is um, also back to what we said, like people are not informed. And so you don't feel like having to explain yourself explain what you're going through you want comfort and you want people to be there but you don't feel like having to defend your case in doing so like if I'm coming to you for support and you're don't and you don't understand what I am going through 
I don't want to have to debate you about what I'm going through. Yes. And sometimes that's the issue. Like I'd rather just go through this by myself because if I call so-and-so and and try to explain what I'm feeling, the result is going to be me feeling attacked or me trying to defend why I feel this way. And there are a lot of people who are dealing with depression, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, um, and just so many others that I, you know, anxiety, things I'm just not even thinking of right now, but they're dealing with these things and they don't want to call a person that will try too hard to think through what's happening to you and give you you know, solutions to what they think is happening, but they don't know how to operate in their emotional. So they mm-hmm. tend to not be there and comfort you emotionally because they're too busy trying to solve the problem or diagnose you. And you already have your diagnosis. So mm-hmm. you don't need them to, you know, diagnose you or tell you, I read this book or did you try this or did you try that? You need them to say, you know what? I'm praying with you on this. You know what? If you yes. just need me to sit with you and hold your hand, I'll do that. They end up, you know, not being able to show up the way you need. And so that struggle happens silently because it's too much energy trying to come to you and tell you that I need you. I'd rather suffer alone. Yes. Yes. Oh, as a society, we are making some progress with awareness of mental health. Right. Mm-hmm. It is it is much more talked about now. I, I do want to say that when I get on social media and I see how people are trying to do away with the stigma. Yeah. Generation, they don't mind saying, uh, hey, I have a therapist or I need a therapist as opposed to my generation. That was taboo. You don't speak about that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. even Uncle So-and-so, we keep him locked up in the back. He come outside for a little sunshine time. But then after that, he goes back in the back. We we keep that part of our life separate. Right, so I do right. see people breaking out and, and trying to bring about more awareness. I do see the change happening. But we do continue. We, we still have, I should say, rather, more work to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think I think that we do have more work to do so that people do not feel embarrassed, that they don't think that they have to continuously go through this thing alone because I have to battle you about me instead of get mm. support about me. I should not have to battle you about me. I should be able to get support about me. And mm-hmm. that is a lot of times what happening. You know, people make you feel like I have got to fight you to get what I need instead of you just hear how. I'm feeling mm-hmm. and what I'm going through. Um, right. So, uh, you know, strong points. Let's keep it moving. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. how, how can I view mental health assistance differently? And I think you were taking it there, sis. So you go ahead. Right. So my first thing was you have to know facts. Again, educate yourself about mental illness and substance use disorders. And substance use disorders. It all starts with a question. If you want to know more, please ask. Don't assume. Don't opinionate it. Right? My next point is be aware of your own attitudes and behaviors. Examine your judgmental thinking, which may be reinforced by your upbringing, your environments, your societies, your cultures, who you're around. It's time to analyze that. Choose your words carefully. The way you speak impacts the way others view it. And then after educating yourself, educate others. Pass the torch. Don't keep it to you. Pass on those facts and positive attitudes because that's what challenges myths and stereotypes. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Focus more on the positives. Mental illness, including addictions, are only a part of who a person is. It is not who the person is. It is a small part of who that person is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then to what we've been talking, and you said it uh, more eloquently earlier, sis, support people. We can't stress that enough. Support people. Treat others with dignity and respect regardless of what their diagnosis may or may not be. Often encourage me be surprised how far that'll take a person people are watching how you treat others who may be difficulties and with mental wellness so take a stand support them be mm-hmm. kind be cautious mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah uh i think that the only thing because that was great the only thing that i think i would kind of add to it or elaborate on a little further with uh, looking at mental health assistance differently is um, you can't change the labels that society puts on you. You can't change the stuff society puts out there on social media as far as their negative speech and all of those things. But when we're talking about looking at your circle and assessing that uh, change, what you absorb Um, So if you're following certain social media pages or or around certain types of people, as we've discussed, maybe time to filter that stuff out. Maybe you shouldn't be following those particular pages anymore, even if it is the most popular, you know, social media page that all the other people follow. You want to see the latest thing that that particular page posts. It may be a um, highly sought out page that keeps people in the know about things and gives you a good laugh or a good quote every now and then. But if it's doing more harm than good to you, I I would suggest you unfollow. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think sometimes people don't want to unfollow certain things because they want to join in on where the rest of the community is. You know, if everybody goes to the football game, I want to go to the football game. Well, you maybe you shouldn't go where everybody else is going if it's going to be detrimental to you. So, um, you know, I think you look at assistance differently when what's around you, as my good sister just said, is more positive. So feed more positive things into your life that help you realize it's normal. It's you're not again. I'll I'll say this again. You're not defective. It's normal. Um, so I think people begin to think, like you said, that they are their mental health disorder as opposed to it's a part of who they are. It's not who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I would agree on all those, uh, points since you, you drove it home and I knew you would, <laughs> uh, no other person. I would... Listen, you made a valid point too, sis. Have emphasis placed on the be careful of the spaces you invite yourself to that may be detrimental to you mm-hmm. that part lingered with me mm-hmm. oftentimes we find people forcing themselves in environments that's not conducive to them that's not a sense of, that's not an idea of strength mm-hmm. to me that's something else mm-hmm. and, and and please analyze that if it forces you to feel a way or some high level of or discomfort baby you don't have to go that's not your place. Yeah, yeah. And on that point, you don't have to go. That's not your place. What do I do when the support isn't supporting? Sis, talk about it. <laughs> 
these questions are so great. My response <laughs> to that is it's time to seek out other support. Mm-hmm. When the mm-hmm. supporting you in the way you need to be supported, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to seek out other support. Just because your yeah. inner circle or your go-to people doesn't view things from your view, it doesn't mean your view is wrong. They just cannot understand it. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's time to again with those who are professional because this is saving you from the further pain of judgment. Don't try mm-hmm. and force them to see your side. And that's what causes a suffer in silence because we will debate how we feel with a person who are not experiencing what it drains us to the point we just treat all people as if they were this person who we just had the strong debate with and we shut down that's not the answer is the answer is with people who understand you people who understand you And, you know, if there are people in your life that will be in your life, you know, family members and things like that, that you love them, they love you, but they just can't understand this thing that you're going through. You need to, um, when you're talking to them, instead of debating them, encourage them to learn. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, as we talk about reevaluating where you're seeking support, I want to declare this. It's not always who you expect it to be. It's not always who you expect it to be. Um, So, you know, tap into your faith life. um, Do some soul searching because sometimes you want people so much to be there that you think should be there, i.e. your parent, your sibling, your spouse. You know, you expect certain people in your life to show up, your best friend. You expect certain people in your life to show up a certain way. And when they don't, it is all the more painful on top of what you're experiencing. And when when those people don't show up that way, be open to the fact that sometimes your support will come from places you never even imagined it would. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and if you have, you know, close people in your life, parents, siblings, you know, spouse, friends that trigger you um it's time to again evaluate whether or not you need to be around them in certain capacities if you always go to a family event you know cook out you know fourth of july experience whatever and you know every time you go things are going to be done or said that trigger you reevaluate how you show up in those celebratory moments. Mm. Maybe, maybe you don't spend an hour there. Maybe you spend a few minutes there, you know, maybe you um, put boundaries on how you are going to interact with people, um, you know, and speak on your needs. Like, Hey, I would prefer for you not to say this when you're talking to me. Um, and if you can't honor that boundary, just know I will remove myself if you do it deliberately and I'm telling you it hurts me. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, speak up. But when the support doesn't support, speak up, you know, say what you need and then um, be OK with the fact that sometimes the support just won't be the people you expect it to be. It's OK. That is not the person you thought it would be. It's OK. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It is. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the. I think the. I think they feel guilty as opposed to saying it's okay, and that's why we're stressing to you. It's it is really okay. 
I think mm-hmm. they feel that it's wrong. They just don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, or I, maybe they're trying not to understand it, but hey, that's it's it's okay. There are people who are able to understand exactly how you feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you have to certainly own what you know you need and find mm-hmm. it where you find it where you can find it and adjust your thought process around who you expect to do things because people will not always show up the way you want them to. Um, Yeah, I think we'll move it on to our last one. Will my condition impact my career? Many, many people ask this question. In fact, I recently asked this question. I guess it, it depends on how you look at the question. So I know everyone's concerns are different. Are you asking that the if the symptoms you may be experiencing peeing on my, my overall functioning or are you afraid that your employer can access your mental health treatment information? And that's the one that I get a lot of questions about. Like, can they access this? If I come and get therapy, who else going to know? Right. Because I don't I don't want especially my professional. Oh, God, no. My colleagues cannot know that I have to go through this type of treatment because then I will be looked down upon. So for that question, the answer is typically no. Your diagnoses are protected under law as it is a part of your medical record, right? But mm-hmm. for, but also, too, with that first question, that's all the more reason that with a professional, if you see that your symptoms are impacting your career and how you function, your performance, it's time to reach out. Mm-hmm. Because in neglecting that and avoiding that, does it, it, it intensifies right right and um i think you said it best i i was I, our our sentiments are echoing each other because that's exactly um what i have to say about it too you know i do feel that let me say this i do feel that mental health um and we're talking mental health, but honestly, it's, it's any type of stressors in your life really can impact any area of your life. So be it your job, be it your home life with your spouse, be it your kids, be it your social relationships, any stressors or mental health stuff can impact any area of your life. But seeking necessary professional help can lessen the magnitude the intensity of how those things erupt in your life can be lessened with psych management. So that's my opinion. Um, the doctor, uh, you know, um, has told you clinically, but I am just echoing her her thought process that you <laughs> you you cannot prevent yourself from having depending on your different types of medical diagnosis. You cannot prevent yourself from having some type of you know episode um you can take the steps to go to therapy you can take your medicine all of that and you could still experience um some type of disruption to areas of your life that matter a lot to you and it is it's important for you to continue to stick with your clinician to like i said lessen that Mm-hmm. But also give yourself grace in it because we're all human and you may think of yourself again as defective. And I want us to move away from that thought because we all have 
some unbecoming moments and don't be hard on yourself because it deals with mental health. I could have a um, horrible display of emotion at work because someone has upset me or hurt me. I could lash out, you know, and that could have been a very, very traumatic experience. And it might not be mental health, but it's still an embarrassing moment. Someone could have a presentation they're supposed to give at work and they do not the best job on that presentation and they're embarrassed for it. So I bring up these other instances to help you understand you're not alone. Yes, you may be dealing with a disorder and it's very challenging and Mm -hmm. it's hard and you don't want to be embarrassed because this could happen and I don't want my colleagues to view me differently. I don't want my friends or family to view me differently. But guess what? Everybody has some unbecoming moments. Mm -hmm. So just give yourself grace because the person you think may judge you for having an episodic moment at work, that same person at some point in their career has been embarrassed about something they have done. They have, sent a, they, they have sent a bad email and they are highly embarrassed. But you know what? The same way they get grace, you get grace. You are not defective. You are worthy. You are not alone. We all experience some uncomfortable moments. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's what I got to say about that. And I'm going to add to it, sis. Y'all have to go back and listen to previous episodes because sis told you who you were. Mm-hmm. You are not who they say you are or how they define you may be experiencing because you are not the condition. You are experiencing the condition. You have to know who God says you are. You do. You do. And so when you're feeling alone, you know, go back to that. Go back to that. And again, I want you to say, I want, if you get nothing else from this episode, I want you to say, I am going to be okay. Yeah. You might have a bad day, but you are going to be okay. You are. All right, sis. Well, I think we can't, we did what we came to do. I like to say that at the end, a lot of times, (laughs) but we did what we came to do. So um, let's wrap this up for you and talk to you about how you can connect to our listeners. If you enjoyed this chat today and you're looking for your community or looking to dive deeper into your health and wellness, check us out on Instagram at Dr. Dakeese L or search Hashtag We Sweet Podcast. You can also connect with Dr. Latasha Johnson on Instagram. Check out at Armed with Resilience. And I, I have a couple of tips for you. And I usually do the tips at the end. And those tips are usually key takeaways of how to, you know, have a good week or a good month or a good life. This time I'm going to do it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, the way I call out these tips, I want you to understand the highlights of what we talked about. And then I'll tell you at the end an overall tip for moving forward. So tip number one, you are not defective and people are not always informed. So when you're thinking about what you have on your plate with your mental health situations, you're not defective and people are not always informed. Number two, sometimes you feel like struggling alone is better than embarrassment or battling with others than getting support from others. Be careful with isolating yourself this way, please. Um, You know, if you feel like you can't talk to people because you have to battle them, then that doesn't mean you need to be alone. That means you need to find the support that works for you. Number three, 
you are more than your mental health diagnosis, okay? You're more than that. My sister told you is part of who you are. It is not who you are. Number four, all right? It is okay when the support doesn't support the way you want it to. I need you to own your needs and remove yourself when you have to. And then um, I think we pretty much wrapped up number five that you're not alone in this. You need to seek professional help to help you manage and lessen some of those moments that may become embarrassing in the workplace or any other space that matters to you. But you're not alone. And when you do have a, a shortcoming moment, so does everybody else. It may not be due to mental health, but we all have embarrassing moments at work. So don't, you know, look at your mental health as this blemish on your life. Um, it's just this extra part of who you are, but it's not who you are. All right. So that is um, kind of our in a nutshell way of telling you it is going to be okay. You are going to be okay. If you are seeking professional support, please follow up with your local mental health agencies. Thank you for joining us in the suite. Don't forget to follow the We Sweet podcast on your favorite listening platform and add me on Insta at Dr. Dakis L. It's in the podcast bio and see you guys soon. Mm-hmm.